ready? Hello and welcome to the 90th edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that sticks to its guns and its promises. Ain't if it didn't want to do it, and ain't if it can't do it. <laughs> My God, I am so sorry. That is, I don't know whose fault that is, but uh, it's everyone's fault. It's apparently that was the forfeit um, that I said I would do if Norwich beat Watford um, about three weeks ago. Um, and I've, obviously, I'm not going to do the whole podcast in a Scottish accent because no one wants. I mean, I, that was a Scottish accent. By yeah, the I'm way. glad you clarified. Uh, no one. Because you're wondering what the forfeit was. Yes. All right. Thank you, Steve. Um, there we go. Uh, Yes, hello. I'm just going to, let's pretend it never happened. Hello and welcome uh, to the 96th edition of On The Ball. I am Michael Bailey. I cover the Canaries for the Athletic and I hope this finds you safe and well and not scarred. Uh, On the way, uh, a pain in the palace, the boredom of City and Anfield on the way. We'll work through all that and more with our guests this fine 2022 evening. And you've already heard from one of them. That is Norwich number Wang Chief at NCFC Numbers, also known as our very own Steve Sanders. Hello, Michael. And City fan and budding journalist, Anna Say. Hi. Hello, Anna. Hello, Steve. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, everyone out there listening and watching. If you're watching live, um, I hope you're all doing extremely well on this Valentine's night. Um, Steve, how are you? And and especially, thank you for holding the fort in my absence for the past couple of pods. Oh, it's a pleasure. and it's But it's delightful also to be... Um, to the the weight lifted of having to fill your your massive shoes. I feel like I'm mixing metaphors now. Your big weighty shoes. Um, and obviously, I didn't have any forfeits to do or have had no. to do it in a different voice. So actually, it was, it was quite easy com- compared to to the intro that that you just delivered, which was uh, commendable. I, I think, by the way, the forfeit was that you only had to say. So you've already gone above and beyond. You only had to say. Billy Gilmore and Kenny McLean in a Scottish accent for the entirety of this pod. I think that's what the forfeit was. So I think as long as you can keep up that part of the bargain, and obviously it'll be mine and Anna's job to remind you if you don't do that. Okay. Okay. Then, then I think it might have been, I was having a listen back, I think it might be Toby, and I'm sorry if it's not Toby and I've got your name wrong, but that will make him happy and therefore we'll be happy. So yes, uh, but uh, I'm very well. Thanks. <laughs> so what you're saying is I didn't have to do any of that. You didn't, have to, do, you didn't have to, but but we're all um, glad that you did. I mean, I tried to write it out phonetically, uh, which is maybe something I should share on Twitter at some point. Um, I don't know if that helped. I, I think know. it started I, well. I really do. I, I do. did. Okay, so, wait, oh, hello. <laughs> um, uh, the, the problem was, and I found this when I did a, a NCFC space with, with Hodgie, who was egging me on to practice live on the space. <laughs> um, it's impossible to do a Scottish accent alongside Stu because he is so Scottish. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, which is, you know, it's obviously, I'm sure, a blessing and a curse for him. Um, Anna, how are you? I'm, I'm very well, thank you. That was, very, that was an interesting intro. <laughs> Do you want to crack out, crack out a um a Scottish accent no, for us? Or? I'm no good at accents. No. I'm not even going to try. Okay, well that's that's fine and and probably commendable. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us, uh, both of you and everyone out there. We will. Um, I reckon we should just crack on, shouldn't we? Um, because we've got quite a bit to get on with, especially a couple of uh, Premier League games to catch up on. So in that case, I will get on with. This week's headline act.
Yes, two Premier League games in a week. So we have got lots to talk about. Um, I think we should start with Saturday, which may be backwards because it's the, the last of the two. But let's let's go with it, I say. Um, Steve, you know, losing 4-0 at home to Manchester City. Phew, most people probably shrug their, shrug their shoulders at that. But did it really have to be like it was? Um, I mean, I can't really... I don't know I'm supposed to talk about it on a podcast, but I can't really offer more than a shrug of the shoulders either. It, it's <laughs> kind of like, I don't think we played that badly, um, but you're just playing a team on a completely different level. I think there are separate issues there, but Man City, pro- probably the best team I've ever seen at Carrow Road. Just the kind of sort of robotic in the way that they create moves and, and it just never ever looked in there. you know we did well to hold out for half an hour I think and <laughs> possibly slightly fortunate to hold out for half an hour but and we gave quite a good account of ourselves in the first half but ultimately they scored four and they could have had seven or eight and we didn't even play that badly uh, all of our other rivals will lose to Manchester City as well um, home and away so I kind of feel like with Saturday we are no better or worse than where we started Um and I don't really know what we can learn from that game. <laughs> so uh, there concludes my analysis, really. <laughs> um, uh, well, hopefully Anna can be a bit more forensic than me. Absolutely. Um, want me to go now? Go for it. Well, actually, I'm completely the opposite in the way I think about the match. I get frustrated when people look at it and go, well, you know, what do you expect? We were playing Man City. And I, I don't think that that, excuses any of the issues or problems that Norwich themselves had in the match because I wouldn't excuse some of the issues we had if we were playing, I don't know, Brentford, Watford. So I wouldn't excuse them playing Man City. I think that there are a lot of things that we could have done better. Obviously, we all know that when you're playing such a big team, you have to be on the ball the whole time. And I don't think that we were. I think that we let ourselves get intimidated by Man City and we let them dictate what was going on in the match. I think that there were issues. And like Dean Smith said after the match, it wasn't the fact that we lost. You can accept that. But it was the manner in which we lost. And I don't think that it was good enough. But, I mean, we will move on from this. We've got... uh, Obviously, Liverpool up next, matches after that. But I still think that a loss shouldn't be excused just because of who the opponent was. You should always be looking to improve and look at what you could have done better in that match. I did um, I did obviously my piece on the Athletic after the game, which was kind of centred around mistakes. I thought it was really interesting how the, the mistakes Manchester City made at Carrow Road two years ago, which kind of underpinned the fact that Norwich even had a chance to beat them. And then the mistakes kind of Norwich made on Saturday. I mean... The thing about watching Manchester City is they're brilliant on the ball. Their passing is so crisp and accurate and it's so well rehearsed that they know what they are doing and that makes it very difficult for you to be able to deal with it. But it does kind of constantly get to the point where they get to the edge of the box, put a cross in and deal with it that way or, you know, one way or another. You know, it's quite a... There's not... I don't know. They're sort of... You can be in awe of them, but they're not... I don't know how beautiful they are unless Kevin De Bruyne is bending one in in the top corner. I don't know if I'm being harsh there, but I, I suppose it's that robotic element. You know, they are incredibly efficient. They are incredibly strong, powerful. I know they're not putting in a cross for a big number nine to head home, but, you know, it is. it did sort of surprise me how they get the ball in and then they kind of flood it with players 
um, because they're not playing with any striker, just a load of people who like to score goals, um, which obviously, again, makes it very difficult to attack. But then, you know, you look at the first goal and the third goal, the fourth one is is, is a pretty soft penalty, I think, in the long and short of it. But, you know, like the, the third goal, especially, Steve, I mean, that that is a corner routine where if Burnley scored that, we would be banging our heads against the wall going, what are you doing? And I don't, Phil Foden's ball in is good, but, you know, Norwich shouldn't be conceding that, should they? No, they shouldn't. And it, yeah, it wasn't great. And obviously the first was, was because of a uh, Max Aaron's mistake. I think we're, we're all aware of that. Um I, I just, I just don't see the point in kind of beating. And I know, as I say, we're here to talk about the game, right? But I don't see the point in beating them up because had they not conceded that goal, it might have been three 0 or they would have found another way to have scored a fourth. I don't think the fourth was a penalty, incidentally. Um, it was one of those that probably wasn't um, enough to have overturned it. Um, but yeah, Norwich didn't help themselves entirely. But then equally, I'd say they may have made more mistakes in games that they've won. I mean, you know, they, they were pretty bad in the first half at Watford and they won that game 3-0. I do think that the opposition you're playing makes a huge amount of difference. And I'm with you, Michael. Man City don't really do it for me, to be honest. I I think, you know, you. I think if a team has 70-80% of, of the ball, which they tend to in most games, um, then that's a pretty dull game of football. Um, and they don't really play with that kind of level of intensity. It, it, it is well-rehearsed moves and it, it's always incredibly impressive like don't get me wrong and and not impossible to play against because you know you know how they're going to play but you, it's it's just so difficult to stop them and, and likewise to get on the ball in the first place so yeah I mean Man City are obviously a great team but I don't always think that makes it a great watch and to be honest the second half kind of felt futile really it you know it, and I guess to some extent you have to put up with that in the Premier League but um I don't know, the disparity is too much for me. I, I just, you know, I I, I can't criticise Norwich too much. I'd be more annoyed if Max Aarons had made that mistake against Crystal Palace, put it that way. Well, yeah. Um, I, no, I'm not going to make that joke. Um, uh, I mean, the thing I suppose as well, Anna, is that um, we, we one of the things we really want is for Norwich to sustain their positive feeling and confidence once they've played Manchester City, once they've been to Liverpool, and then they have to play at Southampton, you know, and they've got Burnley coming up. Uh, well, they have got Burnley, but Brentford as well coming to Carroll Road. And I suppose, in a way, Steve's attitude is probably the best way of dealing with that rather than maybe mine and yours at times where it's like, oh God, this, what was that sort of um, in terms of defending? So there's an element of that too, isn't there? Well, I, I, I don't see why you can't maintain a positive attitude going to Anfield because I think that you could very much use that as a learning curve and go, okay, this is how we approached this match against the bigger teams. We've got another match against a bigger team coming up very soon, going to their place. What could we do better that we didn't do in this match? Did we let ourselves get intimidated, which I think they did? We let, we let them get into the match. We let them dictate it. And I think that there are things that we could work on that we could try and implement against Liverpool. I'm not saying that we're going to win, but I I certainly think that we could give another good account of ourselves. And you never know. If the luck goes your way, then maybe you can get something out of the match. It, I'm certainly not going to write it off. I don't think you should ever write a match off. Yeah, it's going to be difficult, but... Then obviously after that you've got the matches where you do look at getting points, and I wouldn't ever say 
be thankful for somebody's injury, but Newcastle do have a big player out now for several weeks, so that might impact their matches, and we've got to try and get points to counteract that. Yeah, it will be interesting. I think Kieran Trippier's broken a bone in his foot, and I think you know, six weeks. Six weeks. Well, I think Norwich play them in ten, <laughs> um, but you know it'll be interesting how Newcastle deal with that. Um, I either way. I, well, I was going to mention that in a minute, actually, but we can bring it on now. I mean, how, how do you guys see the picture at the bottom? Because we, we did a big piece on the Athletic about um, from all the writers of the of the team sort of involved, which included Everton and it included Brentford. Um, I mean, I can see with Newcastle's business, Steve, that, that they might start you know picking up just enough points to start making it very difficult to stay above them, um, which is probably the best way of putting it. Uh, so. I guess it does rely on someone else. I mean, Everton as well, to be honest, they should probably have enough to get out of it. So are we now nailing it down to four, but a different four? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, I think it is going to be very, very tough. Um, I was looking at the fixtures before the Palace game and trying to realistically pick ones where they could get a win or a point from. And and it's not easy. Like uh, they have, as we know, a a set of winnable home games and they probably need to win all three, uh, if not seven points, I think. And then maybe get some surprise results on the road from elsewhere. And incidentally, you know, talking about writing off the Man City game, I don't think we should do that with games against other teams in the big six, because I do think against the likes of Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, even, um, you've got to look at them and think, uh, well, Arsenal, we've done that, but um, we've got to look at them and think, you know, that there are opportunities there, and we have to, we have to be getting some unexpected points from now. Um, yeah, I think the Brentford game. I think it, I I feel like if we don't win that, then they're going to be very difficult to haul in, and that could be our it could be our last opportunity. I wouldn't say Newcastle are out of the, are out of the picture yet, but um, yeah, I think it was always going to be tough, and there was always a chance that one of those four could start picking up wins. Um, but we're still in. We're still in there, and I think that's that should still be applauded, given where we were a few weeks ago. Yeah, here, here. Um, we should just touch on the Palace game before that. Norwich drew one-one. They scored the fastest goal in the Premier League this season. Thirty-eight seconds, I think it was. Seconds. Someone, someone was telling me it was a, it was a shanked finish by by Temu Puki, but I wasn't having that. It was just, it was just a classic Temu sticking it you know, not maybe cleanly, but where he wanted to put it, because, you know, in off the post, where else would you want to put it? Brilliant run from Milot Rashica to make the goal happen. Norwich had great chances, obviously, um, but then it sort of unraveled a bit in the second half. Um, Wilfred Zaha did score a wonderful goal, but he was allowed to score it as well. And then he missed the penalty, which, I mean, I'm sure he did slip. I, I still feel like some people think he just sort of botched it, but I'm, I'm still pretty sure his standing foot slipped. Yeah, his foot went slightly. from underneath, yeah. I think. Okay, thanks, Steve. I, I, I think he's the first person I've known to agree with me on that. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah, and I guess the biggest talking point, which I guess followed on from the Manchester City game, Anna, it was, was, on, um, was, on, was on Max Aarons because he, you know, he made a mistake for the penalty, which obviously Norwich got away with. Um, we had the mistake for the first goal against Manchester City. I did notice just on our comments as we broadcast live, Paul Frake has been in touch. He says, "Does Aaron need? Does Aaron's need a break?" Um, where do you? Where, where? Where are you with Max? With Max, I know because you know there's a couple of mistakes there, but I mean I've I've still felt he's been one of the best performers this this season so far. I mean, for the first time in got well, nearly two years, he has a very good 
right back on his shoulder who's wanting to get a place in the team. And I don't know if maybe that's having an impact. Maybe he does need a break because players who aren't concerned about their, their place in the team can get a little bit stale at times. I think that you've got a very good right back behind him there in Sam Byram. I think that if he did need a break, I would be more than happy for Sam Byram to come into the team. And I think that having him there can actually push um, Aaron's, or should I say Aaron's. And I think that that can be a bit of a catalyst for him to go, okay, my, my spot isn't secure. I do have somebody behind me. Maybe I need to push on. Maybe I need to kind of take my game to the next level. I think that sometimes it can be a good thing. It's just that's Dean Smith's decision because it's how he wants to do it. Sometimes it can be a good thing and it can push a player on, make them want to do better, make them want to improve. Or on the other hand, sometimes it can be a real knock to the confidence. So it will be very much down to Dean Smith because he's going to know, does he put his arm around him and say, no, you've got this? Or does he give him that break to push him on? What would you I'd, do, Steve? I mean, I'd, I'd keep playing him. I, I think, it, like, I, I agree. Byram is uh, I, exactly what Anna said. Byram, for the first time, we've we've got a right back that is pushing Max. But yeah, I mean, how many bad games has, has Max had for us? Really, like in in since he started, I can't remember many. I know it's, it's difficult to recall the bad games sometimes, but um, it it wasn't a good performance from him against Man City. Um, the Palace game. I actually reckon if you watch that back, take the penalty. I know the penalty is kind of a major incident. He had a really good game. Yeah, I thought he played he really well. He did. Um, yeah. And up against, and in, in both cases, you know, Zaha and Sterling, like, I know this is the Premier League and you're going to come up against tough opponents, but those are two really, really good left wingers. I thought he, I thought he played Zaha exceptionally well until the goal, which was arguably more Poheta's fault than, than Max's. Um, I, I just think you've got somebody there who is, nearly always giving you sort of seven out of 10 performances. He's maybe just dipped below that level. Um, I suppose the question is, do you put Byram in, in a game where they may struggle to win anyway and kind of give Max that time away? Um, Equally, what you can't change about Max is that his lack of height. And I think that's probably the reason why he hasn't been picked up by someone bigger um, than us. But really, I, I, I just think you you don't leave someone like Aaron's out, especially as he's not had a bad season. I just think he, he had a bad game on, on Saturday and that's kind of it. It'll be interesting. I, I think um, we've got the Liverpool Cup game coming up in a few mm. weeks' time, which I would imagine Sam Byron will start. <coughs> I think if uh, if Max has had one or two iffy moments in the run-up and then Sam has a really good game at Anfield in that game, then you know maybe that's going to leave Dean Smith with a decision to make. But I think I in the meantime... I think Smith really likes Byron as well. Like he, he clearly, he clearly rates him. He's, a, I think we said on the on the pod last week, he's a really good pro, isn't he? And I think that that goes a long way. So I'm pleased that he's getting a look in. Um, apart from anything else, I, it's brilliant to see Sam back at that level he was against Wolves because it was noticeable very early in that game that it was like, oh, you know, Sam looks sharp now. And long may that continue because he's been out for such a long time that that would be that would be brilliant. Um, right. In that case, I think if we're all happy, I reckon we move on to a bit of uh, pick that one out. Thank you. 
Yes, this is where the podders each get a short window to bring up an issue they're struggling to let go. If they lose themselves for more than 30 seconds, the buzzer sounds, which I've just got here. (laughs) And then it will be time to let go, maybe. Um, Steve, would you like to go first? Okay, then I will. (laughs) Go for it. Okay, well, I think I've already covered the the issue that the massive issue the Premier League have got with Man City, so I'm not going to go there again. I think this isn't a rant so much, but I do think our lack of depth is going to hurt us this season. And I would didn't advocate us going into the transfer window in January at the time, but I do think not bringing in attacking reinforcements is, is beginning to look like it's going to be tricky for us. If Eda's out for any length of time, then we have no other option really. Um, and we don't have any strikers on the bench. And I think that's caught us out in the last two games where we've been good in the first half and not so good in the second. It's true, Adam Eda. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. Um, knee and ankle um, issues uh, when he came back from a recovery day on Thursday. Um, and uh, they've had it scanned, so they probably know the results and they'll be sitting on that for the time being. We don't know Sweating as yet. Sweating over it. That's what they do. <laughs> they sweat over an injury. I think they that do, will yeah, definitely we'll... be sweated, sweated over. Because apart from anything else, that means we cannot play the kind of... I suppose we can sort of play the long ball game. Sergeant did a reasonably good job. But I think you've if we're going to stay up, you've got to keep everything crossed. That Rashica, Sergeant, Puki and Ida don't get injured for any length of time because we need all four of them to be playing pretty much every game, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, well, they all they kept thinking was that they had a big squad. So I suppose it's maybe, <laughs> it's um, it's it's where that strength is, I suppose. Um, great one, Steve. Anna, would you like a go? Don't see, I, I don't think I have much choice. <laughs> Correct, you don't. Um, okay, well, in that case, um, if you want to go around about now. I'm going to go a bit controversial here and talk about the drum, the big talk yes. about the drum. I, I'm i not too sure about it. My problem is that when it first was brought in at the away matches, it was very much centred around negative, sarcastic, just downright miserable chanting. And, of course, that improved once we got, I think it was the charter match, was it? And that improved once we got the goal in that match. And there's no doubt in my mind it has improved the away atmosphere. My only concern is that if things start not going the right way again, then it might end up being centred around that negative sarcastic chanting again. Ah, the drum debate. Well, it wasn't allowed into Carroll Road by all accounts, which is why there wasn't a drum there on Saturday. I I mean, so, I mean, I, I have obviously been following the club for a very long time and um, this debate does seem to come up every so often, generally when things are a bit rubbish or when there's just nothing else to talk about. So at least we're kind of in the rubbish territory, I suppose, because it's <laughs> Premier League rubbish. It's not championship rubbish. Um, so it's it's not like this hasn't been debated before. My own personal view is that yeah, away from home where the crowd is the away crowd is concentrated and you want to try and make a noise when you're surrounded by however many other thousand people who are trying to drown you out i think it's great i just don't know if at carrow road it needs it because if if the club if the team are looking after themselves then the crowd will get behind them and and you, you won't hear a drum because you'll have you know 10 to fifteen thousand people singing so the, the funny thing um, is that the amount of comments i've seen where people are like Oh yeah, we should totally get the drum, but don't have it near me. 
Yeah, yeah, which <laughs> yeah. of course no one wants. No one, wants, it, not in my backyard or you know the the seat next to me. So, so there we go. Can, can I, how do, how does it like work then as a logistical thing? Like when you say we well, weren't allowed, did someone turn up with a massive drum and then they were just turned away at the turnstiles? Like you have a <laughs> if you have a bottle with a lid on it or something, you know? Like, how, how does that? And then where does it go? Who brings the drum? Is it in the Barclay? Is it in the is it in the South Stand? It's not going to be in the South Stand. I don't but know like, where it was going to be. That's a good question. But I, I, I mean, so many questions. That, that, I mean, there is a there is a guy who is you know he is the one who wants to take his drum, um, right? <laughs> so you 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 need the individual who is putting themselves out there to do it, uh, and then you need permission to be allowed it in the ground, um, because I, I guess some people with drums might throw them on the pitch at people. <laughs> I don't know, mm-hmm. but um, you know it's it's quite it's it's an it's an item that you need permission to get in. So theoretically. If you were sensible, you would get permission to take the drum before you physically arrived with said drum, I would guess. So, um, you, yeah. Is it, um, is it going to be like, do you remember that Portsmouth fan? I can't remember his name, but the one who basically... Miss, Mr. Portsmouth. Mr. Portsmouth, yeah, who had like the whole squad and like legally in his name or something like yeah. that. Uh, is it going to be, is it our equivalent of that or is it just some guy? I, would, I think if we're going to have a drum we ought to make a celebrity of, of the person that carries the drum. But maybe we could have a vote on who gets to take the drum into the ground yes i don't know well, yeah I don't, would you do it get in the press box i would i would sit there i mean yeah I, you know it's probably less painful to your ears if you're the one doing the drumming um because you're just doing this on time yeah maybe we should have a podcast where we have in the background for the entire 40 minutes and see if i mean your stings are a bit like that yeah watch out sting um that's very true i mean mr portsmouth doesn't strike me as someone who would have asked permission to take his bell in his what his bell oh yes he had a bell didn't he yes yes oh yeah yeah he did yeah it wasn't a drum he had you right it was a bell you're absolutely right how long do you think before you got kicked out of the press box for taking a massive drum in and just banging it for the whole game do you think you would like think they'd be like michael just stop it after about five minutes i think i think a load of journalists would just start punching me i don't think i I think (laughs) i think i would get knocked out before the drum got taken out okay we don't imagine really okay so it's down to you then basically um oh well i think we've done we've uh we've clocked that off a treat uh the only other things i wanted to mention angus gunn good to see him pulling out a bit of form because this is his period where he's needed um i think you could almost pinpoint it really he made that really great low save from um jeffrey schlup who obviously conceded the goal to from a wide angle at selhurst park he made that mm. moment and everyone just went oh yes and all of a sudden angus was like yeah angus and the crowd were like yeah and everyone was really happy and then um and then that's all carried on against manchester city steve where i thought you made loads of great saves yeah, just, can, uh, yeah, really you couldn't blame him for the goals made five saves i think and yet completely not at fault for any of the goals um do we know i mean he's doing a great job but do we know when tim's back like is there, is there any more news on that there hasn't been any more news. The last time we spoke to Dean Smith about it, he said it was still expected to be the five to six weeks out um, because I've got to be careful with it because it's not only just a shoulder injury, but he's a goalkeeper. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. quite a dangerous um, joint really to injure. So I personally think it would be a surprise if he came back before um, Brentford or even in time for Brentford. Um, but then would, would would that be an issue with the way Angus has been recently? No. no. No, Sorry, gone on. Yeah, isn't it? That's good. Yeah, we've got two cult keepers. That's that's a nice position to be in, isn't it? Get yes. Well, 
while one of them's not fit, it's a great position to be in. <laughs> um, might be a you could argue more. three with uh, little Mickey, little Mickey McGovern as well. Oh, He's, um, I do like Brigham's him. favorite. I yeah. did love your talk about his height the other week. That was one of my favorites editing the six podcast. Six foot three. Six foot three. I'm six foot that? one, and I'm convinced he is not taller than me. Okay, next tall. time. I seem to remember a conversation about that in Canary Call once. What, well, it's quite, he, it's, it's quite a thing. Football is height. Oh, no, Google says he's this, this height, but he's definitely not this height. But it's quite it's quite a conversation with all footballers <laughs> and their heights. There are mm. a play, maybe a football cliches one this, but I think there's a there's a whole there's a whole a genre of footballers' heights that are probably not accurate. <laughs> I'm so, certain of it. Maybe he just looks tall next to the rest of the team because the rest of it we've got some small players. I mean, was yeah. was Emmy Buendia really five foot seven? <laughs> and how how tall was Paul McVeigh? Was that in the? No, that was just his lack of height. Yeah, just his lack of height. He's probably actually like five eleven, something like that. Five eleven, yeah. I would think. Yeah, five eleven. Yeah. Well, we'll have to ask him that. We'll have to get him on the pod and ask him uh, when he's not really, really busy. Uh, the only other thing I wanted to flag up was um, the Canaries Trust and their brilliant shirts for Syria campaign. They've had huge amounts donated. I think even the the club have got involved in that over the course of the weekend, which is great to see. Um, and uh, just have a look at the Canaries Trust uh, feeds and website if you want to get involved. But well done to all those guys doing a great a great job with that campaign. Um, in that case, I think we're done. So I'm going to skip through the halftime sting this uh, this week and get straight on to centerfold. <laughs> Something a little bit different, I thought, um, which, you know, we call it a uh, call it a Valentine's night treat, if you wish. Um, but then I guess if you're listening to this, <laughs> the only one I'll get. If you're, if you're if you're on the podcast um, feed and listening to it post um, uh, recording, then uh, I guess it's the Valentine's night is gone. So maybe a post Valentine's um, treat. Anyway, I'm rambling now. Um, uh, with um, thanks to uh, Nick Scriven, who messaged this on uh, Twitter, um, he shared with me Susie Dent off of Countdown, her latest um, blog, I guess it is, or, 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 or post on the uh, Why Now website, whynow.co.uk. Um, it's her top tens. And this, this week uh, she's written, or this time, <laughs> she's written her top 10 words uh, to, to, to describe your football team. Now, I'm not sure if these 10 words are words she has now made up or she has coined or she has dug up and used in a football context, which would strike me as the most likely of the suggestions. Um, uh, and these are words to describe various different goal, uh, different um, football styles or football players. And so I thought it'd be good if we tried to come up with a Norwich City player, past or present, that fits each of these um, descriptions. I've, I've read through them. Some of them might be more straightforward than others. Uh, likewise, if you are watching live, um, me and Steve will we'll keep an eye on the... Uh, We'll keep, keep an eye on the comments and see if you guys can put them forward. Although sometimes it's a bit difficult to keep track of which one's which. So you might need to put the word and then the player so that we know which you know one you're referring to. Um, but uh, but there we go. Um, Ian Barron, by the way, he's been in touch. He says he's six foot ten. So, uh, but I think we're almost not supposed to believe him there. Um, so, yeah, um, let, should, should we go through these these ten, ten things? Okay, so first up is the is a, is a Princock. P, don't pull that face, Steve. Uh, P-R-I-N-C-O-C-K, Princock. 
uh, the goal hanger who is only there for the glory and who somehow neglects to thank the teammates who did all the heavy lifting. Throw into as a princock. Yeah, we haven't got Olivera? any in the current squad. Oliver, that's a good shout. Oliver is a decent shout. Um, I mean, uh, Earnshaw maybe, but uh, that seems a bit harsh to say that he doesn't thank anybody. But he did. He does have that. I mean, that celebration is uh, a little bit self-congratulatory, isn't it? Um, <laughs> Anyone who does a somersault. I mean, that you know, <laughs> you haven't got any time to point at your teammates if you're busy no. somersaulting, have you? Um, Mark Hilton says Ted McDougall before my time. I'm afraid. Oh, Mark. I love it though. That's a great shout. And he did um, score a lot of goals. Um, okay. Maybe he I had Robert. I, I had Robert Earnshaw in my okay. uh, yeah. in my head. I must admit. So good chat there. Um, okay, next up, uh, a Nickum, N I C K U M, Nickum. Uh, this is the cheat, <laughs> in commas, um, who, who, whose dives are a theatrical tour de force or who puts their hands up in doe-eyed innocence after knocking out an opponent. Um, See, now that one reminds me of Bradley Johnson. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, he did have doe eyes. Um, and he also, he did make a meal of that, that one time with Joey Barton. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a good point because you're looking at someone who's really hard, but will then also throw themselves down. Which was sort of I had a bit of Grant Hanley in my head maybe for that because he 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 can go down without you know he, any. He did any. one of those. He did a special like I think I can't remember which game it was, but I I love it when he's running to the corner and just waiting for that touch, <laughs> and then he just throws Ooh. himself like Superman. Um, we've got two shouts, Buendia. Oh, three shouts now. Buendia, Lee Marshall, and actually this one came to mind for me as well. Huckabee. Hucks. <laughs> oh, I wonder if he'd be happy with that. Not sure. He, not sure he would be. What was it called? A Nickham. Nickham. I, just, Nickham. I feel like they need to be hard, really hard. I think Hux is quite tough though, wasn't he? he was yeah, quite... I mean, I wouldn't mess with him. I don't know. He didn't I... want to mess up that hair. <laughs> um, yeah, there we go. There's some okay. good suggestions there. I feel like there's someone I haven't quite thought of there that would... That would really nail it, but um, I mean, let's move on to the next one. Oh. Holty, sorry, just the last. Holty used to throw himself as well, didn't he? At the slightest touch, he was quite yeah, Grant good Holt. Grant Holt. He was quite good at that. Bit of a nickum. I did accidentally call Grant Hanley Grant. Uh, Grant, yeah, I did accidentally call Grant Hanley Grant Holt in my video on uh, <laughs> Saturday. I think someone's already flagged that up to the to the uh, pundits' prison on on the scrimmage. So <laughs> thanks for that. Um, right, next up. Uh, Whiffler, the thoroughly indecisive player who looks around frantically before passing and inevitably losing the ball. <laughs> that could be a lot of we, people. Well, we haven't had one of those at Carrot because they wouldn't have made it. It probably was. It probably would have been Alex Tetty if you'd asked. Tetty was the first thing that sprung to mind. Daniel Farker in his first training sessions, I think Tets would have been well on the Whiffler. Although. The ultimate whiffle was uh, Kenny McLean against, I think, Stoke, was it? Where he played that oh. pass back and kind of went, ooh, like that. That was, that was a real <laughs> frantic look. Um, and actually, sorry, who, who played that pass again, Michael? The one uh, Kenny McLean. That's yeah. it, yeah. I think he's mates with Bully Gulmore. Oh, God, stop, Michael, stop. I can't stop Bully. now. I can't stop. Yeah. Bully, okay. Bully Gulmore. Just say Bully in <laughs> I just I was just going to call Kenny Kenny McLean. I was just going to call him Ken because that's what Ken. that's what Dean Smith calls him. Ken. He's just Ken. Um, okay. Well, sorry about that, Ken. Um, for for the old whiffler, um, the pavanizer. 
Uh, the pavanizer is the player with all the gear but no idea from the Latin for peacock. <laughs> I mean, mm. um, I think that's more of a Sunday league, probably. Yeah, I guess I guess you're looking at maybe something like Julien Brelier. Yeah. Who... Are these are these real words, by the way? Or... Well, this was it. I'm not really sure. Okay. I wasn't sure if she's made them up or or they're sort of dug out and in renewed context. Um, well, I'm going to steal one for this that uh, Declan Cotter has put. In fact, he's just put exactly the same thing for this one because he put it for the last one. Dermich. Dermich Dr. Mike. Yeah, for... that's a good one. He had Dr. all the gear for, for No Tomorrow, didn't he? But um, didn't really have much of an idea on the <laughs> I think that I think that's a good shout. I'm giving that one to Declan. That's a great shout, Declan. Well done. Um, we should put this team out, shouldn't we, really? Um, okay, next is the Circumbendibus, <laughs> which is the partner to the Whiffler. Uh, this is the player who passes the ball all around the houses instead of driving it forward. I think you might have to get your Scottish I, accent out here. That's a bully, isn't it? <laughs> it, bully. Might, it might be bully. Um, um, we've had a few of those, though, I think, like over the years. I remember Carl Robinson being a bit like that and Fotheringham. Um, oh, Fotheringham. It's a Scottish thing, maybe. Maybe <laughs> just label every Scottish midfielder. Uh, that's a good shout, like that. Anna, can you think of one? Um, I can't. I, I think that, um, yeah, it's a good shout, though. Billy Gilmore. I mean, Peter Grant would have been good for that because he'd have pointed and then played the ball around as as he was as he was going. So that's grand. Um, Craig Jason Brooks Hayden, Dorans, oh, go got Dorans as a shout from Craig. That's yeah, it's, it's a Scottish thing, isn't it? Graham Dorans. I can't roll my R's, so that's a tricky one. Hughes, um, Andy Hughes, I'm Andy assuming. Hughes, or, or Stephen. Could equally be applicable. Yes, true. Just to continue the Scottish uh, <laughs> Scottish theme. Um, oh, uh, this must be one for the um, the Pavanizer, the player with all the gear but no idea. Stephen Bird, that Australian goalkeeper, oh, who of course means uh, Michael Theopitos or Michael mm. Theo, as he's called now, I think. Um, so there we go. Um, right, we're, we're 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 doing tremendously here. Um, right, next up, um, the Huff Snuff. The indignant one who is forever muttering to... Oh, uh, no, I, I actually love this one. Huff snuff. The indignant one who is forever muttering to themselves, shouting at the ref, or scornfully tossing their freshly bleached locks whenever a decision doesn't go their way. Wow. Um... I mean, if you forget about the, the bleached locks, I think you can probably pick Buendia for that one. Oh, mm. wow. Okay. Yeah. I think when you started, I was thinking, yeah, Craig has said Buendia as well. When you started, I thought it might be Max because he's always, I feel like he's always chuntering, but he's not really one to get in the ref's ear about it. So I don't think we have enough of that at Norwich in general, do we? Um, I can't think of anyone else for that, really. I mean, it does have to be Buendia, probably. I think it's I probably had, Emmy, isn't it? I had Todd pop into my head. So is that me being... I think that's, that's the bleach locks thing. The hair in it, yeah. I think it was just the hair. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Um, good shout right okay here, here is an, uh, the next one we've only got four more don't we uh, Caca Fuego which is Spanish doing it all tonight Spanish oh, I don't know if I can say that for Spanish for fire pua <laughs> only it doesn't say pua uh, this is the player who is all bluster and little substance Caca Fuego was an impressively armed Spanish galleon captured easily by Sir Francis Drake don't tell don't don't say we never teach you anything here um although of course Susie Dent is actually teaching us all here um so full of bluster little substance um 
Um, well, I'd probably have said Josh Sargent earlier in the season. That would have been harsh, wouldn't it? I don't know. Is he full of bluster, though? I sort of that feels like you know someone. I maybe I'm misinterpreting, but somebody who thinks they're it but aren't really. I don't. Know. I just envisage someone running around a lot, but not being able to okay. f- effort and you know doing lots of stuff, but actually not really doing anything. Well, I mean, so that could be anyone from like the Alex Neal era, really. <laughs> <laughs> anyone from that Premier League season at all? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's harsh, but there was an element of, of that with Jerome and Dia Mercy and Bacani um, in that oh, Premier yeah. League season. Chris um, Killen. No one even remembers Chris Killen. I'm not sure if he had any bluster to him anyone. anyway. No, I don't know if he did. Ricky um, Van Wolfswinkel. Yeah. Oh, looks, Ricky. Johan Elmanda, he ran around a bit and just generally looked fairly hopeless, didn't he? <laughs> um, uh, is it Juan, Venas- Juan-, Juan Velasco? Juan Velasco, that's right. I mean, he ran around for about 45 minutes and then never played again. <laughs> so maybe, maybe that's fine. Um, okay, three left. Uh, Dan Dilly. Dan Dilly, the fan's darling who can do no wrong. George Best was often told by Matt Busby not to turn up for team talks because they largely consisted of, whenever possible, give the ball to George. So who is the fan's darling? I think surely we know that one. Lucas Rupp. Oh, interesting. Half the fan's darling. Maybe Maybe he's the manager's darling. I mean, for me, that's got to be Wes. Like... There, there's an element of you know give everyone loves Wes and it and there was an element in some of that, our teams of give the ball to Wes. That that's a great shout, Steve. That is, that is a good one. That's that 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 is over. That one is done. That is absolutely over. Um and okay, two more. Aliped, the Usain Bolt of the team who leaves all others in their wake from the Latin for winged feet. Uh I would probably have Shemek Poheta in terms of oh, right yeah. now because of he literally does leave everyone <laughs> behind. Yeah. Um, but Hux would have been a good shout as well for that. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, it feels like there should be a caveat to, you know, leaves everyone in their wake, but then, you know, <laughs> runs the ball out of play or, or stops at the at a defender's feet or something like that. For, for a Gump it. style, just still yeah. running. <laughs> yeah. Um, Paul Dalglish was a bit like that. He he would get the ball and run, but he couldn't really change direction. John Otsemabor, who was another, he would oh, yeah. only be able yeah. to run in one direction with the ball. And if he'd already started heading out of play, he was going to end up out of play. There wasn't really <laughs> any way of changing direction. Um, or Lots rather of... harshly, Tino Tundra has been in with Darren Eady. But Dar- Lots of you know, shouts in there in the comments. Eden. Darren would be Darren would head straight for goal and he would stick the ball away. That's a great thing about Darren Eady. Uh, Tom King. Now Hernandez, that's a good yeah. shout. Rivers, Forbes, yes, there's some good shouts in there. Gary O'Neill. Gary, o- Gary O'Neill, Gary- I would say, is more of a which was the one um, of like being a being a hard man and occasionally throwing yourself. That one, I would say, is a Gary O'Neill. <laughs> um, oh, the Nickham. The cheat mm-hmm. whose dives are theatrical tour de force. No, maybe not. Oh, uh, I don't know. Where Gary oh, that could have, that's Grant Holt, I think, maybe more yeah. than doing that one. I'd say um, um, uh, Rashita at the moment as well, with his, with his bolt-like runs, his uh, whatever the last one was. Oh, Anthony McNamee. Anthony McNamee is a decent one for the for the pace one. Uh, we've got one last one, okay, which I can't really pronounce, and it is Unasinus. Yanazinus. Yanazinus. We won't pull you up on it, don't worry. Uh, one for the team that promises the world 
and one for the team. So I guess it's a player. Maybe it is for the team. Yeah, maybe this is for the team. One for the team that promises the world and ends up giving nothing but heartburn. From the Latin for one ass, this means united in stupidity. Um, <laughs> what, so that that. what does that one mean? I, I guess we could give that to the team that played Colchester United at Carrow Road. Okay, mm-hmm. just just uh, like just promises a lot and doesn't deliver. Is that? Yeah, I think as well. Sorry to badmouth Alec Neil again. He was an excellent manager for us, but I think the team the year after we went down, when every every other week they looked brilliant, and then we go away from home and they like lost <laughs> to Burton and Rotherham and stuff. That they were the UNESCO, UNESCO whatever they were. I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yes, Unasius, Unasinus. Thank you. Um, Declan says Pritchard, but I yeah, don't know great what shout. for. Which no, one that one. For? That one. Oh, that one. Yeah, he he embodies that that entire oh. season. So I think actually that is a, that if we're looking for yeah. a single player, it's a brilliant shout. And Basong. <laughs> well, I think you also you have to go for Ricky Van Walswinkel because do you remember the hype he came yeah. with? Yeah, yeah. It's players that don't deliver on the hype, isn't it? And I think he's a very good shout for that too. I mean, he did deliver nothing but heartburn. Um, that's probably fair. Um, well, that was oh, hello, walking India. There we go. Namaste, indeed. Oh, namaste. Um, I think. I th- well, that that was fun, wasn't it? I think yeah. we came up with a with a player for each of those. Yeah, um, was for if me. Any, if, any, <laughs> if anyone wants to um, come up with ones that we've clearly missed off, then please let let us know. Send us a message on. Uh, on uh, Twitter, DM me or whichever the details will be at the end. Um, but I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, Susie Dent's um, entry is on uh, whynow.co.uk. So uh, give it a look. Right. I think then in that case, we should move on to a bit of this. This is almost fantasy football. Yes, this is almost fantasy football. Time to look ahead, paint the picture of what we expect to see from Norwich City over the coming seven days. We have one football match taking place between two football teams. And that will be Norwich City heading to Liverpool at Anfield. Um, it's the first of two visits over the coming day, 10 days because we've got to go there for... Well, sorry, we get to go there for the FA Cup <laughs> fifth round. Yes, it is it? Is it? Yes. It's it, thank you. <laughs> Yeah, um, <laughs> FA Cup, which is so exciting, obviously. Um, uh, I mean, Anfield, you, you mentioned it earlier, Anna. I mean, is, is, this, is this a tougher game than playing Manchester City? I know Man City are probably a better team, but this game is a Norwich's record there. I, I think it can be a tougher game in terms of the intimidating place you're going to rather than going against intimidating players. I think Man City players are definitely better than Liverpool, but we all know that ground is a very intimidating ground. So it's just about how Dean Smith works with the players and kind of tries to soften that intimidation because I think that was a big problem against Man City. I think that going to Liverpool, you might end up seeing similar problems just because of where it is. So I think that I'm hoping that we learnt a few lessons from the Man City game in terms of not getting too intimidated and knowing that we can compete with them and put up a good show. And I think, you never know, a bit of luck goes our way. Anything can happen. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. <laughs> I mean, I say that, stay all that at the start, Steve. I mean, I have seen Norwich draw there, so it's not impossible. It's just this Liverpool team is much better than the one I think the Norwich were playing, were playing then. And um, they do seem really powerful. 
I suppose the only interesting thing, I mean, I, I've been I've been slightly concerned. You know, Brentford only lost 2-0 to Manchester City, this team we've been raving at. They only lost 2-0 there. Obviously, Man City scored four at Carrow Road. Uh, you know, Burnley keep Liverpool down to only a 1-0 win at Turf Moor. Now Norwich have got to go to Anfield. But, you know, they've, they've also got to go to Inter, haven't they, in the, in the Champions League this week as well, whereas Norwich have got a free week. So I suppose... You were to say if if any if there was a good time to play them, it's probably now. And likewise, in the cup, they've got the EFL Cup final, haven't they? Just before we play them in the FA Cup, so I guess on list of priorities, you wouldn't blame Jurgen Klopp for going. Well, we could probably play eleven different players, and we'll still beat Norwich. Yeah, and actually, I think Guardiola might have done a little bit of that with City because I don't think he picked his strongest team either. Um, oh, yeah, don't say that. They won four nil, Steve. <laughs> there was no De Bruyne, was there? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. It might not be the worst time to play Liverpool. I would probably argue that a better time to have played them would have been in January when they didn't have Salah, Mane, Cater uh, available. But um, either way, I think it would have been tough. Um, yeah, I think it's. I think it's the got to approach it the same way they did the City game. Um, I do think there's an element of the way we play that that is going to be slightly more difficult for teams like Liverpool to break down. Um, although there wasn't too much evidence of that on last Saturday with City. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned which game's tougher actually. Um, so I was having the same conversation during the during a, the boring second half of the City game, and we were eighteen to one to win last Saturday. I haven't looked at the odds for the Liverpool game. It'd be interesting to see if they're longer. I suspect they probably will be. I'd probably be more confident of getting a point from that than I was last week. I just think City will always find a way to grind you down um, and look incredibly solid at the back. Whereas we could feasibly score one on the counter, you know, or two on the counter against Liverpool. Um, I'd like to see Norman back, preferably from the start, please. I think it'd be nice for him to get 90 under his belt um, ahead of a a slightly easier run of fixtures. Um, I don't know who makes way for him. Lays Malou, I didn't think was particularly good on the weekends, possibly him. Um, I don't know what else to say, really. I'll I'll take I'll I'll take us competing in that one again. I think like just if we can give them a game, if we can hang on in there, one goal down, for example, with twenty minutes to go, then we could be right in it, and we look a bit more dangerous from set pieces. So maybe we could nick one there. Who knows? Um, Norwich are twenty to one, I think. Okay, so it is slightly longer then. Um, maybe that's just Liverpool's record at Anfield. I don't know. I mean we're. Let's be realistic. We're probably not getting anything, are we? But um, uh, well, in fairness, I think I think it is now sixteen games without a win at um, Anfield. So you know, another four or five, and we're there. Would you? I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're due. I mean, the other thing, the, the positive, I suppose, is let's just get these two out of the way. You know, like, we can do that. Say, well, you know, we would have lost those either way, and we we don't have a game sandwiched in between. It's not another dent to our momentum. So, in some ways, let's just do this now. You know, rip the plaster off, and then and then it gets easier from here on in. Yes, the <laughs> better deliver at that point. Uh, Anna, who would you play? I think you would get Norman in there. Um, it's a shame he's uh, it's got his injury, however long that is, because I would like to see him in there. I think that probably the same team, but get Norman in there instead. I think he can try and bully a few players, ruffle some feathers, frustrate some people. I think he's, he'd absolutely jump at the opportunity to do that, especially at Liverpool. I think he'd love it. So I think that we just got, I think, get him in there. And if we can try avoid making unnecessary mistakes, I think mm-hmm. there's every chance we could get something. I am, um, 
I, I the the performances from Matthias since since he's been back have sort of passed me passed me mm. by a little bit. Um, I, I haven't I haven't seen anything from them to make me think, oh, he definitely needs to come in and start now. So I'm just conscious as to whether it's good, he's going to be a little bit. Well, there's a little bit of work to be done there, but maybe it's just because he hasn't started a game. I'm not sure. Also, I th- I, this goes back to the point I was making earlier about how we just don't look the same team in the second half. Like we haven't got anyone to bring off the bench. Rashica normally runs himself into the ground and looks knackered by the end of the game. So he's coming on at a point. I mean, the game on Saturday was already done anyway by the time it was on, but he's coming on at a point where we haven't got as much attacking impetus. Maybe it's on him to kind of spur that, but I, I, I just think it's it's a difficult time to come on and make a difference, particularly when you've only just come back from injury. But I agree with you. I can't think of a single thing that he's done in what was probably around about an hour on the pitch in those two matches. Well, you know, make, give him the last 20 minutes again, get some more minutes into those get legs. Some minutes and into the tank. Yeah. We'll all be ready for Southampton. Um, well, guys, I think we're all done. Thank you so much for, for your time. Um, that is it for the 96th edition of On The Ball, the Norwich City podcast that has never really minded walking alone nor standing alone, for that matter. Uh, if you're yet to do so, make sure you subscribe via your podcast player of choice. The pod is available free for everyone on your usual player. And we are now streaming the po- recording of the podcast live in video form on my social media channels, just search Michael Bailey, The Athletic, Norwich City, and your preferred social platform, and hopefully it will show up. Uh, ratings and reviews, wherever prompted, are always hugely appreciated. And if you want to get in touch with any questions or topic proposals, sling me a direct message on Twitter, at Michael J. Bailey. Uh, a big thank you to our guests this evening. Steve, it's been lovely to do this, and especially lovely to be reunited with you. So thank you so much. How nice. Thank you very much yourself. Anna, thank you so much for stepping in. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. I'm on a hat trick now. It's my third time. Excellent. Well, you're going to have to do something big and celebratory now. I mean, I haven't got a match ball for you. Well, Um, are you doing anything celebratory for your 100th coming up? The 100th show? I was just thinking about that today. And I haven't come up with any answers yet, (laughs) (laughs) but it's on my list. So I'll try and think of those. Um, But yeah, it's not far away, is it? So... uh, Planning is obviously one of my huge strengths, so I should be getting <laughs> on with that from here. Um, and as uh, to prove my planning um, uh, uh, skills, uh, we will be back next week for a, I can tell you that much, for a fresh bout of Canaries Capers in another On The Ball Norwich City podcast. Until then, never mind the danger. And quickly, Steve, Anna, all of you Twitterkers out there, welcome to Wits End. If any of you have stumbled across this for the first time and are wondering what on earth is going on and why the pod hasn't actually ended, uh, listen to On The Ball podcast number 42, which went live on September the 8th, 2020, which was just after Norwich being knocked out of the EFL Cup by Luton, if memory serves. What a time that was to be alive. Um, It's all explained there. Anyway, uh, you can email this bonus part of the podcast directly by emailing Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, at iCloud.com. Or you can use the hashtag Twitterkers, Twitter, K-E-R-S, on Twitter. Just don't explain what it refers to because this is a secret club for only those who discover it. Now, um, I, I have nothing planned 
for this tonight. <laughs> literally I'm nothing i'm well, so out of practice i have nothing i haven't checked the emails i haven't checked twitter so i apologize <laughs> if people have been desperately trying to get in touch with their twitterkers shenanigans mm. um yeah which is Next exactly week. the same way that i started last <laughs> week i think which by the way uh, i'd like to apologize for the heavily redacted or the very <laughs> short version it's a long story which i can't really go into but we did record something didn't we michael we just couldn't yes. use it uh yeah. because we realized uh collectively that it wasn't going to work at no. that time on that week so yeah, yeah. Probably, um, no i mean you it, it, which was a shame because some of the premise of it was really good like who would you want to be on a desert island with in terms of norwich players which was roughly what the premise was. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I've sort of given my sure. answer to that. Um, the, I mean, there's a bit of other, there was some, some other stuff that, you know. There was, was some stuff about hitting elks, which we probably shouldn't go back over. Yeah, but anyway. no, poor elks. I mean, yeah. talking about planning, the though. Stuff, by the way. <laughs> anyway, go yeah, on. talking about planning, uh, Anna raises a good point about the 100th episode. I don't want to get there before we get there, but um, I've done you nothing. Have you've done probably nothing i'm just guessing maybe you have planned it and i'm being unfair like any i any ideas of what we I, could do is there any way to get a player a current player no, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> do you imagine imagine them being allowed live on this mm, goodness which, which i would love it and don't get me Scottish wrong i'll ask the question I'll ask the question. Was that sorry, Steve? Which which two Scottish midfielders could we get in, Michael? I could get Bolly on. Yeah. Or, or or Ken. <laughs> Ken. Well, okay. Ken. 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 I think you, I mean you could ask. I, I feel like um it's gonna be difficult for them to critique their own team's performance. Um, what it, yeah, what would it be Delia. off the back of? Delia's a good shout. Delia. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, that's just as likely, I imagine. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, one idea I had was the original, you know, getting making sure we had the the original podders on. So I think it was me, Ben Mouncer, and um, Chris Gorham. So one of my plans was going to be to get, you know, say me and you, Steve, and then I was going to say Chris. thanks. Yeah, no, you're what, there. Are those two episodes for nothing that I I'm just hosted. Yeah, not for the party. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we could do that, but I, I know Ben's not the biggest fan of doing it if it's a video. But I'm wondering, you know, hundredth episode, maybe I could coerce him into that one. And obviously, by making that public now, I can put the pressure on as well. But um, they might be washing their hair because I haven't <laughs> even asked them yet. So they were Speak, two ideas. Speaking of washing their hair, Stephen Bird suggests uh, get uh, ex-player Todd on. Which, <laughs> that would be absolute gold. Yep. Uh, well, John, John Rogers. live link from uh, from Bournemouth, maybe. He, yeah. did, um, he created one of the goals for them um, yeah. in a 2-1 victory from, from behind. Can I, I say, I hope uh, he does well and they go up. I know people aren't oh, best night players who scored. Sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I've, I've, that's the second <laughs> comment I've put up by accident tonight. But it's fine because they're all good ones. No one's sworn. Tom King, uh, best night players whose squad numbers add up to 100. I mean, um, yeah. We've got four weeks to work on that one. Yeah. So let me. Oh. So what I'm guessing you mean there, Tom, is a, is an 11 where their squad numbers equal 100. Uh, yeah. I thought you could just have a, yeah, 100 Tim Cruels, couldn't you? <laughs> well... Yeah. So, what would be what would be better? A hundred Tim Cruels or ten Kieran Dowells? Which would you rather have? 
100 Tim Curls. Yeah, we've, too, we've already it? done that one, haven't we? <laughs> um, yeah, I get. I mean, you're not going to, yeah, you're more likely probably for, to get by sheer volume of people to score. And obviously, Tim would keep keep the ball out. Whereas, you know, there's only 10 Akira. So he's already a man down, really, isn't he? Yeah. So you stick 100 people in a goal, they're going to keep it out, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> you know. um, Tom says any combination, not necessarily a squad. So, <laughs> Thanks, Tom. So, uh, um, there is. I'm going with 100 Tim Crawls early, but we've got four more episodes to work out. Okay. To work this out. Yeah, and, and people get their suggestions in because this is, you know, Twitterkers, this is your part of the podcast, the secret part. So um, just uh, just email Twitterkers. Uh, what was it? <laughs> Twitterkers at iCloud.com. Um, You're asking them your to do your job for you. 11. Yeah. Well, I want to know. No, Anna, I want engagement. I want people to come up with their teams. And then I, I can assure you I will come up with mine now i've committed to that but i've got four weeks to do it so um so yeah if there's anyone anyone would like to see on the 100th episode we could just try and get them paul lambert <laughs> Paul Lambert. <laughs> Thanks, Anna. really not helping here um yes i david manali i'll give him a go um i mean you uh, say that michael it's it's going to end up being like me you and Stuart, isn't it but well, let's hey I tell you what that is. That is the formula of success that got us to 100 podcasts. That's all that is <laughs> right there. Um, but, yeah, so if anyone has any suggestions who they'd like us to dig out of uh, of the, the, the cupboard of Norwich stock, <laughs> come wheel Lambert, out. Please. Maybe not Paul Lambert. Maybe. Yeah. I'm sure there's um, plenty of ex-players you could get on. But then what do yeah, we do? Do we pick one or do we just have loads of them on? You could have a yeah. few, uh, like... A bit of a longer show, have a few minutes for each of Rotate them. Rotate them on. Yeah. Just get them to sort of queue up and come on and off again. We could do. Mm. Yeah. I mean... You've got to do something special, have it a bit different. I, I love that we're having basically a planning meeting. <laughs> That's exactly. Which is great. But then I didn't plan it. So what 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 was anyone expecting? Um, obviously, I know I need to do all the pun stuff. I haven't forgotten. And I do actually keep it considerably. You know, I, I take a lot of pride in our Zodiac bread. And, Can um, I throw love slash romance puns out as it's Valentine's God. Day? I don't know if, yeah, uh, don't know if anybody... I have none. I have what? none. Oh, you haven't got any? Of. No. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, but I just wondered if anyone would have any right. in the comments. <laughs> Brilliant. If any of the public have any of that. Well, look, let's have a look at the squad. Uh, um, uh, this, is, this isn't going to go well. Please, anyone um, jump in as well. Um I feel, like it, I feel like it could be some really inappropriate answers as well. Yeah, no, this is very true. Um, uh, Milot Rak- Rakishia. That's not bad, actually. Milot Rakishia. <laughs> Rakishia. Um, yeah. uh, Sorry, I really um, shouldn't have thrown this out there with that. Pierre Lays Melov. <laughs> um, it's not going to get any better, this. No, no one's bailing you Puck up, puck up, puck up, puck it. No. Um, Bali Gulmore. No, I just want to say Bali Gulmore. <laughs> um, uh, and that's, yeah, probably done. Um, yeah. So no is the answer. <laughs> Mary Kane, says Tom King. Mary, Mary Kane. Kane. That's lovely. Maybe maybe Palace was easier. Um, no. Oh, let's let's not repeat Three. the last 30 seconds again. Three end. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Schlupp. Just sounds like a nice romantic name, doesn't it? 
Um, Rob Scagnelli, sorry if I said that wrong, Rob, uh, says 100th episode needs a drum. So, Michael, you're a musician, so okay. perhaps you could see if you've got a drum kit knocking about. Well, yeah, I mean, I could get the, I could get the melodica out. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Off, off of TNC fame. Oh, there we go. In fact... There we go. Yes, oh, yeah. so I, that that seems that seems sensible. We're gonna have to write down all these ideas. This is the problem. We've had a planning meeting. No one's writing any of this down. <laughs> um, so, ah, uh, oh, that's a lovely one, Tom. Just in fancy you. I mean that 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 is ideal for Valentine's Day as well because there's no commitment to love there. It's just nope. the pure lust of it. <laughs> I feel like it might be a good night to end on. Oh, sorry, yeah, I don't want to do your. Possibly. I don't want to. I don't want to do your. You know. I wasn't podcast for you. I'm getting above my station. I, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't so sure it was when I said it. But let's let's just go with it now, shall we? Um, brilliant. Uh, well, that was loads of fun. Uh, unless anyone has uh, Kenny other business. Kenny, Kenny other business. Kenny. Well done. Nothing I want to read my intro out again. I thought that was really successful. Um, in that case, um, I'm going to wrap it up. Uh, Steve, Anna, thank you so much. Um, I will say goodbye to you now. And if you want to say goodbye to everyone on three, that would be wonderful. One, two, three. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>